In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, This evening we're celebrating in the church really uh, two apostles. Uh, The Apostle Thomas, who of course was in the first century, and St. Innocent, whose icon is right over here, the last one on this, uh, well, first one for you all, last one for me, uh, from this way, uh, in that section of saints right there, uh, who was about 1,800 years later. But he's called equal to the apostles, and the church gives that title uh, to particular people who are able to, uh, by their witness, evangelize just like the apostles did. And in fact, Mary Magdalene is called equal to the apostles. St. Thecla is called equal to the apostles. There's St. Nina, equal to the apostles. Uh, St. Nicholas of Japan, equal to the apostles. And in fact, uh, St. Nicholas of Japan was sent out to go to evangelize and and mission uh, Japan under the leadership of St. Innocent, whose memory we are celebrating today. So they were, in fact, even uh, contemporaries. Uh, and so we have these, these two apostles, and because of that, because of the witness of the Orthodox Church and that thing that we have called apostolic succession, which means that our, our teaching and our, our worship and everything that we do is meant to go back to the apostles, we can trace our lineage to these two very holy men 1,800 years apart. The Apostle Thomas, of course, simply because he was one of the followers of Christ, Uh, right there with him, and he went as far as India, according to to our tradition, and so by simply being one of those uh, who were so close to Christ, we would not be here as Orthodox Christians in Memphis, Tennessee, without Thomas going out into the world and evangelizing and missionizing the world in the way that he did. But the same is true with uh, St. Innocent. And in, in fact, I think we can even trace our lineage pretty, pretty easily and quickly to St. Innocent. Uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about St. Innocent in particular this evening uh, because of well, the fact that he's here in our nave. And I want to make sure that we know about the saints who are in our, our nave and that we worship with all of the time. But also because we can trace that lineage back there. And ultimately then to the, sh- the one shepherd that we have, Christ our true God, which is why we heard the reading of the Good Shepherd this evening uh, as the, the gospel reading. St. Innocent was uh, born in the, at the very end of the 18th century, the 1790s or something like that. He was born into a, a pious family. He was raised uh, in the Orthodox Church at a very early age. He went to a theological academy. Uh, he got married had children, was ordained as a priest, and when, some, when the bishop said, we need somebody to go out to Alaska, he raised his hand and was sent out to Alaska to get there. And you might remember when I told a few months ago about St. Jacob uh, that it took over a year for he and his family to be able to get from where they were all the way to Alaska, where uh, St. Innocent uh, served as, as a missionary priest. And he first served as a priest evangelizing, teaching, and if you read into his journals, uh, they read just, you know, we we did one baptism here yesterday. If you read into his journals, you'd see like 30 baptisms celebrated today, uh, 10 weddings this week, and all of those sorts of things as he's out there uh, catechizing and really evangelizing and missionizing the, uh, the area there. Unfortunately for him, tragedy did strike uh, his life. Actually, his family went back to Russia to visit, 
go back for a vacation or something. He went, while his family went back to their home, he traveled on to Moscow uh, to give a report to the people who were there to say what he had been doing there uh, in Alaska. And unfortunately, while he was there, he got a telegram, or however they, they told him then, uh, that his wife had unfortunately died. And so he was not there with his wife when she died. And in fact, it would only be about a year later that he would even be able to visit her, her tomb. So he was there in Moscow when he finds out about this. And uh, at first he wanted to just stop. I can imagine that. Just wanting to stop and not do any more work. Uh, but after uh, seeking the counsel of the, the hierarchs that was there before he left Moscow, not only did he not stop, he was tonsured as a monk, and he was consecrated as a bishop, and he was sent back to Alaska to continue to do more missionary work. And of course, as a bishop at that point, he would be able to then ordain priests, and which would then be able to found and start churches in an even more profound way. And so St. Innocent goes back to Alaska and continues the work. Uh, one of my favorite stories about his missionary work uh, was that uh, he you know, would go place to place uh, in kayak as he just traveled to different villages. And he, he, was, he traveled to one of these way out places and he pulls up to the shore where he, he understood that there was a village and all the people of the village were standing there waiting for him. And it's not like he had called ahead of time and said, uh, I'll be there at this particular time. Uh, and so he was curious, how did, how did you know I was coming? He'd never met these people. These people were not Christians. These people were uh, native Alaskans who had their own religion. And they, they said, well, our shaman told us at exactly this time, a person meeting your description would be pulling up on the shore. And he said, okay, well, take me to, your, to, the, to the shaman. And so they take him into the village to their, their holy man, the shaman, and he says, tell me, how did you know this? And he says, an angelic being came and visited me while I was in the midst of prayer and told me that this person, matching your description, would come at this particular time and that our village was to listen to that person. And so because of that, that village and all of those people became Christians. And he was able to say, well, okay, this is how God is working right now in this area to bring people to Christ. Who am I to argue? And he then stayed there for a lot longer than he had anticipated simply because he was then able to missionize and preach, catechize, and even then go back to that village and ordain a priest and be able to establish a church in a more profound way. Well, St. Innocent didn't end his life in Alaska. He actually ended up going back to Moscow, and he ended up as the Metropolitan of Moscow, so he was basically the top bishop in the Church of Russia at the point when he died. But his legacy was all of that apostolic work that he did there in Alaska, and that's why he's actually been called Apostle to America. Because that area of Alaska, of course, becomes part of the United States. But it wasn't long after St. Innocent where the headquarters of the church moved from Alaska to San Francisco. And then from San Francisco to New York. 
where Saint Tikon, who is uh, here with that set, set of saints as well, was the bishop at one point, and of course, our own Saint Raphael, uh, who then began to spread and go about and found churches which largely became what is the Antiochian Archdiocese, including the church in Vicksburg, Mississippi, where some of you who are sitting here this morning were chrismated and even ordained as clergy. And so we can connect ourselves very easily to this beautiful saint, innocent, equal to the apostles, apostle to America from our church here in Memphis. And that's a wonderful thing for us to be able to realize and understand, especially as we hear the gospel about the good shepherd. Because Apostle Thomas, equal to the apostles, innocent, it's all about the one shepherd. Over the course of all of that time, it's, of course, about the one shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the connection of that shepherd with all of those people through time who are part of that one flock. In our Bible study last week, we actually looked at this passage. I believe it was Susan who mentioned that one of the things that really struck her was this understanding that the whole, the whole flock was united together and how much we actually needed one another. And that's true of the people sitting around us, but that's also true for the people that we see depicted on the walls who are also sitting with us. That we are connected to all of those people who are part of the one flock of Christ. And Lord willing, that is comforting for us. These people who endured so much in their lives, and yet they kept their focus on the one thing that was important, the Good Shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then people like Thomas and Innocent and others modeled what it meant to be a Good Shepherd by themselves being a Good Shepherd in the Church of Christ, bringing the flock together and making sure that through hardship we have one another united together. And so on this feast day where we are celebrating these two very big luminaries in our church, these apostolic men, may we be reminded of that apostolic ministry of the church, that we are to be like them and evangelize and take the truth out there, but that by their example and by their guidance, we can be united together in the body of Christ, united to the one shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And by doing so, we can find such comfort, no matter what it is that we are having to endure throughout our life, because we, are united. we don't stand by ourselves, but we are, are united to one another around that one good shepherd whose witness has remained stable throughout all of the centuries that the church has been around. So may we take that reminder and draw great comfort be united to Thomas, may his prayers be with us. Be united to Innocent, may his prayers be with us. And may we continue to be united to that one shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.